Welcome to the Art of Money podcast with Art McPherson. And this is the Art of Money podcast with Art McPherson and Luke McCarty, artofmoneyradio.com for more information on the McPherson Financial Group or to schedule that initial complimentary consultation. We appreciate you listening. Now, let's get to the show. News coming down late this week, Art McPherson, the CPI, the latest inflation numbers down from 7.1%, now sitting at 6.5. That's where we are, what do you see when you immediately see that? Well, that's good news because we were at 9.1, you know, at the peak of inflation last year. So it's doing what we were hoping it would do. It's doing also what the Fed was hoping it would do. The Fed caused a lot of turmoil with the markets last year, the bond markets and the stock market, by raising 4% in one year. The guidance for this year is about three quarters of a percent. So by them, doing a lot of heavy lifting last year. Hopefully we're kind of almost through that process, but it was an interesting year last year. So it's always a good sign when we see inflation continue to go down because that's what we want to see. Their expectations, I think, is it settles around the three and a half to four and a half percent range. So we'd like to get there. I don't think we're going to see the two percent range anytime soon, but it'd be nice to get back there to more moderate range. Yeah, so I created a new YouTube video that's going to be posted to our YouTube channel that talks about last year, talks some, you know, some about this year, but essentially the markets are moving with the Federal Reserve, right? Ever since 2008 and 9, when the Fed came in and started printing money, it's helped the markets, right? During COVID, they printed more money. Well, now they're kind of trying to take that away and raising interest rates. So a lot of the markets are being dictated by the Federal Reserve, you know, by inflation, by comments from Jerome Powell. And recently, earlier this year, he said, Jerome Powell said, expect no rate cuts in 2023. But he also said a year ago, we're going to raise 25 basis points up to maybe 1% for 2022. And that didn't happen either. So um, the markets are watching the Fed. They have um, essentially, I would say, too much power at this point. And, and you know, they, they dictate movements too much. You know, we see that that CPI number is now at 6.5%. And you think we're starting to get a handle on inflation. But gas prices are still high. I think, you know, you can either send your kids to private school or buy a dozen eggs right now. That's how expensive they are. But the reality is the cost of living and the goods we buy every day still at record highs. How are you helping your clients with that, Luke? Yeah, so those are, those are still at record highs. So now you need, you know, you need more income or you need, you know, less expenses in your budget. And it's very hard to cut expenses right now. Mm-hmm. So from a budget perspective, right, you need accounts that are producing income. So you need some dividend income. You need some interest income, right? We can, we can, you know, a money market account's now almost paying 4%, right? A, a, a CD or a fixed annuity, we can get in the fives. So there's ways now to park money that we did not have last year. And I think that will help. But to actually overcome inflation of 6.5%, we need the markets to cooperate more and you need to be in the right sectors of the market for this year. As we're talking about inflation, talking about the Fed, the Fed is expected to raise interest rates again in February. But it appears the market is already trying to factor in when it's going to cut rates. I want you to hear this clip from former Fed Vice Chair Roger Ferguson, who thinks the market has it all wrong. So I think there are probably two, maybe three more moves by the Fed. 50 basis points in the February meeting, maybe 25 after that. And then probably they're done. 
but I think where the market is wrong is on the expectation of, of cutting. When we looked at the most recent summary of economic projections, there was no sign there of the Fed expecting to cut during this year. And when we listened to Jay Powell's press conference after the meeting, there was no sign of that either. So I think the market is ahead of itself based on the way the Fed sees things today. This feels like more volatility in 2023. <laughs> doesn't sound super positive, does, does not, it? Not at all. Yeah, so when rates are continuing to rise, it's going to continue to put pressure on bonds. It'll continue to put pressure on the stock market. So that is a problem. Pretty much the market and everything that Luke and I see is really expecting rates to be cut after this year, so in 24. So um, I don't think the market's anticipating that. What I think the market is doing is trying to see, okay, when's that Fed going to stop? And that's when the rally is going to usually take place because the market wants to be six months ahead of you know where we are currently. And it's always trying to do that. So it's always trying to know where are we going to be in the future so that it can make its moves today to, to anticipate that. So you know, pretty much on all of our charts and our graphs and our data points that we look at, it's really for the rest of this year, um, maybe going up. The market actually only expects about 25 basis points, but the Fed is saying exactly what he had said on that little clip, 75 basis points. So we'll see who's right. But I think the market um, doesn't anticipate cuts until 24. Yeah, and the other component about that is when it comes to the Fed, right, they still have a longer leash because unemployment went down in December. The unemployment rate's about 3.5%. You know, if we think about past recessions and past times when the Fed was using interest rates to slow down the economy. We got unemployment to five or six, you know, all the way up to eight or nine, ten percent in 08, 09. So I think the Fed is looking at that and saying, okay, we can raise rates more. We can really get inflation down to two to three, but it's going to take potentially some more job loss, which is the unfortunate side of printing 12, however many trillion dollars. <laughs> I said 12, it wasn't 12, it was five or six for COVID, but it's it's adding up. Right. Yes. Well, another, what, 1.7 trillion in the latest well, Yeah, plan. add another 1.7 to and that. Sure. Um, that wasn't necessarily the Fed, that was the you know Congress saying, we're going to spend this, so find it somewhere and we'll figure it out later. So you know, this we're going to figure it out later. It's called the <laughs> Federal Reserve Printing Press. Right. This brings up the conversation. I feel like some of the economists and finger quote experts I've started to cool their conversations about the fears of a massive recession in 2023. Do you still see one possibly on the horizon? Well, that's the one thing that Luke was just giving you is the details are suggesting a soft landing, which should be really good news for the market because the economy has not slowed so much that it, we're starting to see layoffs massive scale and, and we're not seeing the broad economy really slow down like that. So that that is a good sign, but yet it's also a bad sign in a sense to the Fed where they're like, well, maybe we can continue to raise a little bit more, which will put pressure again on the bond markets and the stock market. So good news is bad news in a sense. You know, the Fed almost wants to see bad news right now, bad reports, bad earnings reports, bad across the board, so they can feel confident that they've achieved what they wanted to do, where inflation is no longer a problem. You know, the Wall Street Journal says 2023 is going to be a game changer when it comes to our hearing health. Now, over-the-counter hearing aids, they're going to add features like noise cancellation, health monitoring, and even Bluetooth tooth and mobile pairing on your hearing aid. So Art McPherson, when it comes to your role as a financial advisor, what's been a game changer for you? I think some of the things that have been a real game changer for our clients is we use annuities as a bond alternative in their portfolio. So when bonds were down 14 to 16% last year, they didn't have that problem. 
you know, so having some bonds in the mix traditionally is where you add some, you know, as a balance to some of the volatility the markets go through. But last year, you know, the average person lost 20% in a 60-40 kind of allocation. Uh, one of the things that we do at McPherson Financial Group is we do a lot of financial planning, right? We do tax planning, financial planning, we even do estate planning. So one of the things that I thought was interesting, we were talking with one of our wholesalers this week, and he brought up an article with Vanguard. And Vanguard is traditionally do-it-yourself platform for people that don't want an advisor. But it says in one of their studies that by having a financial advisor in the mix, the average investor through their platforms made an extra 3% per year. And I thought that was pretty compelling to why having an advisor is a pretty big deal. And that to me is a game changer for most investors. Yeah, that's definitely a game changer. And you know, part of that article from Vanguard, and it's great that Art mentioned that Vanguard is kind of a do-it-yourself or right, don't really allow advisors on the platform. We don't use Vanguard, right? We use Fidelity and Schwab. But this Vanguard report, you know, quantifies it about 3%. And it says, you know, almost one to one and a half percent of it is behavioral coaching, right? So keeping you in the markets when things are, you know, tough, having you not cash out, right? Walking you off the ledge potentially. And when things are down, it's the best time to buy. You know, the, the other pieces are, you know, asset location. This is why we have Mark Bernard in the office is, you know, where you put your assets and the type of account you have them in, you know, determines your future taxation. And, you know, we all think taxes are going up. So we have strategies in place for that. The next one is a uh, spending strategy. So when you get into retirement mode and we, we made a lot of changes to spending strategies this last year, you know, where do you take money from? You know, do you are you selling Apple down 25 percent to pay your monthly income? Well, you probably don't want to do that. And so having those strategies in place is where Vanguard kind of came up with that 3% of a rule of thumb that an advisor can add to your portfolio. So we had a, we had a new client last week come in and um, she read the book. She read Art's book. And one thing we were planning with Mark Bernard in the meeting, right? We had the CPA in the meeting. And um, she said, gosh, you know, in this book, you talk about how you got, you know, these clients tax free. How come your projections for us, you know, aren't necessarily tax free? And because, you know, our, our plan for them was to do Roth conversions through 2026, but not jump into the 32% tax bracket. And so Mark came in and said, well, you know, this, this you could have been if you would have had more than a four-year runway. And because, you know, 2027, we don't know the tax code. We have a good idea of the Bush-Obama code. But it was interesting that, you know, she's like, gosh, I read this book. I want to be tax-free. I want to be tax-free. Mm. We'd love for you to be tax-free, but it's going to cost you too much in taxes over the next three years to get tax-free. So there's always a strategy. Everybody's a little bit different. But there's my plug for Arthur McPherson's book. <laughs> <laughs> Art, I want to go back to something you were talking about a couple seconds ago about the 60-40 portfolio mix of 60% stocks and 40% bonds, down almost 20% last year. But some are saying that the allocation will fund future annual returns of nearly 7% with bonds making a comeback. So, Art McPherson, is it time to rethink the 60-40 model? Well, the 60-40 model is a good way to allocate, you know, obviously. It did not work last year, period. Normally you'll have a bond rally when the stock market is getting hit hard. Did not happen last year. So we have used preferreds. Um, we've used income paying stocks. We have used 
annuities and we've had alternatives. So our clients did not get hammered like that. And that's important for us. You know, we want to have assets and asset classes that can be outside of that. But there is an important value to the 60-40 blend, which is you don't have all your money in equities where equities traditionally are hit even harder than bonds. Odd this year, you know, where you had bonds go down almost as much as stocks in some cases. Of course, things like the NASDAQ, the small mid cap type stocks went down over 30%. So um, those were hit the most, but it is one of those things you want to do. And traditionally, as you get a five year cycle, so you've got two or three bad years mixed with two or three good years, it'll blend out where you get that 7% average return. And yeah, we can see, you know, the bond market rally as soon as the Fed slows down rate cuts or as soon as they, you know, pivot and, you know, cut their rates. But, you know, if you weren't down 15% last year in bonds, you don't need to make up that 15% this year. And that's where our clients were positioned. You know, we had some bonds on the portfolio, but they were shorter duration, meaning closer to the maturity date. So they were down 2 to 3% when the market was down, you know, 13 to 15 in the bond market. So by having different types of asset classes in the portfolio, it allows you to weather the storm, I'd call it, because... Statistically, last year, 2022, was the third worst year ever in a 60-40 portfolio. You had 1931, 1937, and 2022. So if you can avoid those big down years, your portfolio is going to last a lot longer and you don't need to take as much risk in the future. If you hear anything on this weekend show, you need some clarity on, including how the 60-40 model could work for your retirement portfolio, 321-425-8550. Also, how you get a copy of Art's book, Nothing is Certain But Death and Taxes, until now. And Art, before we get out of here this weekend, what about an annuity? Some people look at annuities with a lot of skepticism. What say you? Well, annuities can be expensive, you know, so you have to be careful there. They also have some gotcha clauses in them, whether you have surrender charges and you have time frames. So you have a time commitment. So you have a lot of times you don't have any principal risk, but you'll have some time risk because if you have to commit to something for a period of time, interest rates can change. So as an example, last year, Luke or I, when we were looking at CD rates or money market yields, our fidelity money market yield last year was a half a percent to a percent, you know, by December of 21. Now, by December of 22, we have one paying 3.9%. So, you know, that's a huge change in interest rates in just 12 months. So if you're in a product that you bought prior to the interest rate shift, when there was no such thing as higher rates like they are today, it looked probably really, really good. But if it hasn't performed very well, you are now stuck in that product until five years or up, you know, or seven years or 10 years. So those can be problematic, but where annuities are extremely strong are income options. You can put things like income riders. So you can have a guaranteed income rider to pay out for your life, also for your wife's life. So the funds go to your kids and your grandkids. It used to be back in the day, if you bought an annuity like that, that guaranteed an income stream, you had to annuitize it. And by annuitizing it, all that money went back to the insurance company. It never went to your beneficiary. So there's a lot of things that have changed in the annuity world. So if you're thinking about what your dad had or your mom had, or maybe your grandfather, grandmother, there's a high probability you're looking at the old style annuities and they're very, very different today. Yeah. And to give a few examples of what we're using currently, you can get like a, a fixed annuity, a fixed rate inside, you know, for 5%, you know, 5% or a little bit more. Right. You can get a a cap right on the S&P 500. Right. We usually don't like when there's a cap on it, the amount of earnings you can make. But now the cap on the S&P is a little bit over 12 percent. 
So you could have maybe a three-year or five-year type of product that says the most you can make on the S&P is 12%, but you can't lose any money. That sounds like a great bond alternative when we see bonds going down 13% last year, when you see a bond yield of about 3 or 4%. You know, there's also some other types with a little bit more risk, but give you the first 20% losses covered. So these all potentially have a place in the portfolio, but it's mainly for risk reduction and guaranteed income. Thanks for listening. Want more from Art McPherson of McPherson Financial Group? Find us online at artofmoneyradio.com. We are an independent financial services firm helping individuals create retirement strategies using a variety of financial and insurance products to custom suit their needs and objectives. Securities offered through World Equity Group, Inc., member FINRA and SIPC, a registered investment advisor. Investment advisory services offered through ProStatus Group, LLC. McPherson Financial Group and ProStatus Group, LLC are separate entities and are not owned or controlled by World Equity Group, Inc. Exposure to ideas and financial vehicles discussed should not be considered investment advice or recommendation to buy or sell any financial vehicle. Past performance is not guarantee of future results. Investments can fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested. Investment financial professionals are not licensed in all 50 states. Art McPherson is not affiliated with nor endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency and does not provide legal or tax advice. Please consult with your attorney, accountant, and or tax advisor for advice concerning your particular circumstances. Annuity guarantees rely solely on the financial strength and claims paying ability of the issuing insurance company. By contacting us, you may be provided with information about insurance and annuity products offered through Arthur McPherson. Florida Insurance License Number A17 Today's show has been a work of art. 